Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. 1800 453 106 is the number if you want to get in touch this afternoon. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Now, have you ever set up an online gambling account? Maybe you were the nominated person for the office sweepstakes around the Grand National, or perhaps you dip in around the big sporting occasions. While many of us probably have bet a few quid within our lifetimes, figures recently published by the ESRI show that 130,000 people in this country have a gambling addiction and a further 279,000 people show moderate evidence of problem gambling. While it is incredibly easy to set up an online betting account for those big day sporting events, it's not quite as easy to shut it down and walk away. I'm joined by Barry Grant, an addiction counsellor at Extern Problem Gambling. But first, Noel is on the line. And Noel, this is something that you have first-hand experience of. Yes, um, I'm a compulsive gambler. Um, I haven't had a bet in about 10 years. Um, But it will be always with me um, until the day I die. I suppose I was kind of lucky in that I never had an online account, but... Casinos was my big one, poke machines. So, uh, John was a casino. I'm living down the country. There was a small casino in a rural town. I'd be there at 11 o'clock in the morning until 11 o'clock at night. They were trying to push me out the door. And I cannot imagine if I had had access to online. That would be it. I, I was I was 12 hours in my day if I wasn't working. And um, so if I had online, I'd be straight on to it. I, I wouldn't leave it ever. And I think no. that's something that people don't fully understand because you say, you know, spending 12 hours of your day in a casino, the notion of being able to dip in with a device in your pocket that you can go on any day, any sort of time of the day or night, that is massively concerning. And I don't know if people fully understand the addiction element to this because they, they would just say, well, sure, why didn't you have anything else to do? Or where did you get the money from? Can you just I- explain, I suppose, the compulsion side of this? The compulsion is um, the last 18 months before I went to a place called Hope House in uh, Mayo. I was there for a month. The compulsion is, the I thought, my last thoughts were dead men don't gamble. That was the only way I thought I could stop. And I, for 18 months, all I could think about was either gambling, where would I get money, how do, much do I owe, and if I took my own life, that I'd stop. I couldn't function. There was nothing else in my head from the minute I woke up until the minute I went to sleep. If I slept, that might be an hour or two at night. And I suppose the problem with gambling is it can be so secretive. I was 10 years married when this all came to a head. My wife didn't know. So my ex-wife. And that's the thing. My mother would have had an idea, but people around me, they're thinking, this guy used to be fairly okay. And now he doesn't answer a call. He doesn't talk to nobody. He's just, he's present, but he's not present. Um, people were like, what's, what's wrong? Like, of course, I couldn't tell them what was wrong. Um, so when they say 130,000 people have a gambling addiction, the thing they're missing is how many people does that affect? I have two daughters. I'm only 10 years later beginning to kind of get relationships back with them. Um, so, you know, who's in that household? with that person that's a, uh, a gambler, it affects four or five more. So you multiply that by 
four, mm-hmm. half a million people directly affected by gambling. That's minimum. And it is all consuming. I took everything from this household when we were here. You know, my kids just went without stuff. The house was, you know, everything was the cheap. The cheapest way you could do anything, we built a house and like I would have drawn down a mortgage and I was gambling away at it like. But, oh. but no, can I ask, and I'm not being facetious here, but it sounds like you were making calls and compromises to continue with your gambling. Did, 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 did you not, I suppose, at any stage, wake up in the middle of the night going, geez, I'm, I'm, I, I urgently need help. Like you, you talked about the, the darker times, the darker thoughts that you've had. Yeah. Did you not feel able to, to reach out for help earlier than you did? No. And I would say that to people now. Sometimes I talk to young lads if they want to talk. I talk to parents. I've told parents, you know, you have to, your son, your daughter, predominantly sons, I says, you absolutely have to show them the door. Don't bail them out. Don't give them money. Don't answer. Until you are absolutely in the last corner and nowhere to turn, and I mean nowhere to turn, you, you can't stop. I'm a smart enough guy. I had a fairly good job. I kept that, lucky enough. Just about paid the mortgage, but everything else, insurance, all those things, I stopped paying them all. You can't stop. Addiction, people say it's a choice, like. Mm-hmm. I, for 10 years, says this is outrageous. I have responsibility to kids. I have responsibility to so many people. I could not stop. I used to have money. If I won money, I'd go around the place hiding it. Well, to make it awkward to get it back, you know, I'd stick a hundred pound here, I'd put a hundred quid there in work, or you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I'd spend the whole day driving around collecting it. Just absolutely insanity. But that's the, what they say, like, it's, it's, it's insane, like. So when you say, sure, I knew I had, I knew I was in serious trouble, like, you know, when you're thinking about taking your own life, you're in serious trouble. Mm-hmm. But you're still, will hang out until the last, I don't know where you go. I know a lot of people. I know four or five people that have taken their own lives through gambling. Yeah, and I suppose that that is the, the, the reality of this issue. What can start as something slightly frivolous, slightly fun, can spiral out of control. And Barry Grant, I, I want to bring you in at this point because I think addiction can sometimes be a difficult thing to define. You know, it could be that somebody is doing it every single day or it could be that somebody is doing it every single payday and blowing every cent. Is there a clear definition of a gambling addiction? Yeah, there are various definitions. First of all, Jess, I just wanted to thank Noel for sharing his story because there's so few people in Ireland who will speak openly about their lived experience with gambling addiction. And he touched on so many things that we would see with all the people that we work with over the years. So fair play to Noel for doing that. And congratulations on making it into 10 years of recovery. I mean, one of the definitions of addiction is doing the same thing over and over again, despite negative consequences. So again, if you look at what Noel was describing there, and it will be the the same story for anybody with a gambling problem or alcohol or drugs. It's doing the, the thing, the activity over and over again, despite the negative consequences. And of course, over time, the negative consequences snowball. So they're getting worse and worse and worse. With gambling, you know, usually that's, the gambling-related debt is getting bigger. The person believes that the only way out of the debt is to try and gamble their way out of it, and then they're just they're in a hole and they're digging, and it's only getting worse. 
Um, but I suppose that would be a simple way of, of defining, you know, how you know if you're an addiction. There are many people, look, there are loads of people, I know them, you know them, Noel would know them, who gamble recreationally in some way. It's not having a major negative impact on their lives. They're knocking a bit of fun out of us. Happy days, fair play to those people. Mm. But there's a substantial amount of people, and Noel made a great point there, 130,000 people addicted then for every person, the research would show us somewhere between six and eight additional people negatively impacted. So Noel mentioned his two daughters, his ex-wife, his mother, and there may have been others that would have been impacted along the way as well. So this is a major, major problem across Irish society, not just for the 130,000, but for all the other people directly impacted. Um, Sorry, sorry. Gone slightly off point there. No, no, no. I, I, I suppose one thing I wanted to pick back up on is, you know, like, and you're so right. Congratulations to Noel for for managing to walk away and to rebuild uh, his life and reform his relationships and so on, which is incredibly difficult to do. I can't even imagine. But I'm sure Noel, you're still getting, you know, ads popping up, whether it is on social media or on the telly. Uh, you know, during the Rugby World Cup, I was taken aback by the number of ads that were there for not only gambling services, but, you know, online gambling service. Whip out your phone there and place a bet. And does that trigger you at all? Or does it concern you as someone who went through all you went through to get to the place that you are today? Yeah, I know at the very beginning when I when I came out and, you know, you kind of have a plan. Um, I wouldn't have listened to radio, you know, sports. If the sports report come on straight away, I just turn off the radio. I wouldn't have had a newspaper for two or three years. All these things that were associations. Um, online, I spent two years constantly blocking ads. Um, and I was totally paranoid because it was kind of like, you know, if my wife at the time was seeing it, you know, what's she going to think? You're trying to build up some sort of trust. You're trying to just put a total car crash back together to something. And I would have given up all my bank accounts. I had no access to money. I would have, you know, been handed money for diesel or petrol or whatever, um, and bring back a receipt. And that was just the things to try and keep me safe and keep me well and give me a chance. But like this was constantly everything I did was popped up because I had a history. You know, yeah. you know, they would have had it there. I was years online, or you know, looking up bets and you know that sort of stuff. And it was just so hard to get away from it. Now, every so often, still to this day, there will stuff pop up, but I can just hit it. It doesn't annoy me. But at that time, it would have annoyed me. It would have really got me going. And yeah, look at those different times. You know, a couple of years ago, I was reading an article just about American football, and then I'd seen that we were going to make a prediction. And I knew I should have stopped, mm-hmm. but I read down to the end of it. Yeah. And I wouldn't really have thought I've had a bet for maybe 12 months previous. And straight away, I was into three weeks of, oh, should I, you know, could I, would I? It's that easy. It's just, it's there. Addiction is sneaky, like, it, it'll it'll leave you alone for a year to try and just catch you off guard. You know, it's just, we know that the guys that are, and girls that are trying to sort of manage it and go to meetings and stuff, if you just stop doing the wrong things, the right things, mm. it, it's there. It, it wants to get you, like, it wants does. to get you back. It, it does. I mean, there's nothing else. It has nothing else to do, only wait for your lifetime. Yeah. So it's there in your head. And that's, it is a trigger, like. And sometimes things really annoy me. Even your radio station, and I used to be, I like your radio station. I listen to a lot of it. And, you know, even the cash builder thing, I'm like, oh, the bloody cash builder thing. 
does annoy me so much and now mm-hmm. at the beginning I was like it's everywhere and I understand everyone needs to make revenue and I understand all those things but like there isn't hardly a show on RTE at the minute that has some sort of a ring in or text in or it's two euro and it was actually a niece of mine said to my brother a couple of years ago oh you dad did you ring in the cash bill or she was eight like mm. and I'm thinking it's just everywhere yeah, and Barry, I want to uh, Barry, I want to bring you back in because one thing that really concerns me, and I've said it a million times this afternoon already, I'm a big tech fan, right? I love technology. I am all about it. But I've seen young people in particular getting into the gamification of everything. And whether they're playing app games on their phone or whether they're on TikTok and they want to send gifts to people, they're financial gifts and they don't necessarily see money as money. And therefore, when you see these really cool flashy ads on the telly for whatever bet company it is to get involved and play the games and you could win big, it's incredibly enticing, but it's a very difficult web to unweave yourself from. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about the gamification side starting out, I mean, there are loot boxes and I'm sure you're the tech expert, Jess, I'm sure you come across this in gaming, all sorts of video games, and in particular video games that are extremely popular with children, so things like FIFA, which don't have an age limit, so we're not talking about some of the more kind of adult games that might have violence or other things in them. We're talking about the likes of FIFA, which is a soccer game that many, many children around the world play EA Sports earn more from the loot boxes than they do from the sale of the game. Now, for people who aren't into gaming, gaming is bigger than Hollywood uh, and every other entertainment industry, the music industry put together. That's how big gaming is. Right? And FIFA is one of the biggest games in gaming, and they make more from the loot boxes than they do from the sales of the game, which is an astronomical amount of money. So I would also be very concerned about that. And one of the other things you touched on, and this would apply to adults as well, is pretty much everybody I've ever worked with around online gambling will say the same thing. Once it's once it's numbers on a screen, it doesn't feel like money. Mm-hmm. So whether you're winning, and maybe you've had a big win, and a big win is quite often a trigger for a person to develop a gambling problem, or whether you're losing, the money does not seem real. It just feels like lives or credits or whatever in a video game, unfortunately. And that disassociation from the reality of the, the money that you've had to work so hard to earn and pay tax on before you can go gambling with it, it becomes totally unreal. That is a massive, massive problem, not just for children, but for adults. Yeah, look, it is. It's a big issue. And um, I suppose if you've been impacted, you can go to problemgambling.ie. But I would love to hear your stories. You can drop me an email, lunchtimelive at newstalk.com. Uh, Barry Grant, an addiction counsellor with Extern Problem Gambling. Thank you so much. And Noel, thank you so much uh, for coming on today and sharing your story. Thanks. Thanks, Jess. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.